but man, that house full of Goombas. I consider myself the luckiest man. Is that Ben's in hers? What's up, Yankees? It's like the whole rise. of the Pinstripe Empire podcast. It's been quite a while. We've had graduations and birthdays and uh, orientations. So calling me out. It's all Matt's fault. It, it's all my fault. But even though me, Joe, and Desi, who unfortunately couldn't be here, we couldn't get together to record, our fearless leader has gone out and he's gotten some really good interviews that we decided we need to get 10 minutes, sit down, Get it out for you guys. Get it edited because these are just some really good interviews. Uh, yeah, so I sat down with Pete Simonetti. You know him as the Simonetti source. Some of you might not even know him as Siciliano. Our first recurring guest. The first recurring guest, which eventually he'll get a t-shirt that we'll talk about for years before he gets. A cool t-shirt. It'll be really cool. It'll probably say, like, think of pinstripes and interlocking NY on the chest. No name in the back. What a number. I have a lot of those with button downs. No, yeah, it would be a button-down. Ah, okay. I like. I don't think anyone's ever done anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty unique. We'd get, like, Tiffany's to design the logo. See, that that makes me think you're talking about the Yankee jerseys. No, it's, it's, that, it's the same but different. It's, it's the same but different. But, yes, yeah, so we have that really awesome interview. It, yeah, I really enjoyed talking to him. I sat down, and uh, the interview's about an hour, but I talked to him for almost two, just about... A lot of baseball, a lot of uh, his music. He's got a lot of things coming out. Uh, he does his live streams on YouTube all the time. And uh, you can definitely check him out the rest of this week. And a lot coming out before the deadline. So without further ado, here's uh, our interview with Pete Simonetti. What's up, guys? I'm here with uh, Pete Simonetti. You know him as the Simonetti source. Some of you know him as Siciliano. He's back for a second interview with us. We're glad to have you back, Pete. I am glad to be back. It's always fun talking to you guys. Well, it's only you today, so it's fun it's talking to you, Joe. It's one-on-one, so uh, you know, we cover a lot of ground. But uh, how have you been? How's the last, uh, I think it's been almost three months since we started, uh, since we last uh, caught up? Yeah, man, it's been great. You know, it's been right before the album dropped. As a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys know who follow me. I, I haven't been the most active Simonetti when it comes to Twitter or my YouTube, but I am slowly getting back to that now as things are kind of, you know, cooling down and I'm working on some other projects and things like that. But um it's been great, man. You know, um the, the album has done absolutely terrific. Music video for the single replay has done great. It's over sixty thousand views now, about what two weeks since being released. So things are going well, man. Um, the album on Spotify is doing great. Everything is going well when it comes to music. And you guys know baseball. Um, I'm always out there. You know, whenever I hear something from the few guys I speak with, I try to put it out there and 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 go from there to same old. But this week is going to be extremely busy for my YouTube channel. I'll probably be doing live chats almost every day this week uh, coming up So because I have a really uh, empty blank week. So I'm going to do a lot of player profiles of targets the Yankees go after, which I'm sure we'll cover today. 
but yeah, um, a lot I, of that will be going on. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week for the people who follow me. I can imagine this is a very uh, busy time of the year for you. It is. It is. Um, th- th- and and especially now, what you know, right after the All Star game is is when myself I get a little more proactive and I start reaching out a little more than I normally do. Uh, to try to get information before a lot of other things. And you're actually seeing a lot of that already. And when we get to that, I'll, I'll mention what I mean by that. But you're seeing a lot of that stuff already on some of the names I've been talking about for years that are that are now, you know, being mentioned as as real Yankee targets. Well, usually you have that one deal that's either going down or talked about at the break. And there was it's been dormant this year. Yeah, there it has it, not it, been much. It's funny. I, I was going to put a tweet out yesterday because somebody asked me, they're like, hey, you know, what what news do you have? And the Yankees have changed up. And what I mean by that, I, I kind of have a theory on it. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if it's correct or not. But the Yankees, I think, have worked very well with the media the last couple of years and, and with the Yes Network and guys like Jack Curry. And I'm not saying they work together to fool people or to, you know, put out more information of what's out there. or to, I mean, leveraging the media has always been something that's happened. But if you notice, a lot of things that's happened before, you know, going back to guys like Patrick Corbin, where every one of their mother thought, you know, this is a done deal for the Yankees. Corbin's coming to the Yankees, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden the Yankees don't get him. And it was, ah, you know, they didn't really want him. There was some things they didn't like about him. And it's kind of like the whole story changed. And what you're seeing a lot now is you're seeing a lot of names being thrown out for the Yankees, more than ever, really. Every name that's available the Yankees are somewhat connected to him when it comes to the media. And you're, you're seeing that more and more now. And I don't know if it's a, a ploy that the Yankees could, you know, really utilize some of saying, you know, we're out there with everybody, but maybe we're really focused on two or three guys. And I have a theory of the guys the Yankees are truly focused on because the one thing that Brian Cashman never does wrong is there's specific players who he's tried to get for years that you know he is still going to be very interested in. And there's a few of those names that are out there this offseason, uh, not offseason, I'm sorry, this deadline that the Yankees are no doubt about it going to be going hard after. See, one of the guys that now, it looks like they kind of reversed their their stance on where last year they were talking about Syndergaard a lot. And now you have the Mets talking about Syndergaard to the Yankees a lot recently, yeah. that they would have to be wowed by a deal. So the Yankees aren't bringing up the conversation, and that's the guy I want. That's Correct. the guy – who can pitch in New York, and we have the talent to give them and not touch our major league roster. Yeah, I mean, Syndergaard would be a great I – mean, I don't think any Yankee fan would be upset by Syndergaard coming to the Yankees. Here's the problem, though. I fell into this trap last year, and I, I won't fall into this trap again. I do not see the Mets dealing Wheeler or Syndergaard to the Yankees. I don't. I just don't. I, I really don't. I, I think there is still that idiotic mentality – when it comes to the second-rate New York club, because I don't know any other way to put it. This is a second-rate club that should have rebuilt a long time ago. And they continue to fall into the idiotic trap of maybe we can go out there and get this decent veteran, Robbie Cano, and they're going to make us better. Or we're going to go break the bank and get this closer along with this other veteran, and everybody's going to be great. But they go to the sewage, which is the New York Mets, and they suck. And I'm sorry to put it any other way, but I have some Mets fans who talk to me and they say, man, I love your ideas because I've been saying this for years too. This is a club that should have rebuilt a long time ago. They should have started this rebuild. When they had the chance to re-sign DeGrom, I said it. Look, I get it. DeGrom is a great player. He could be a franchise player for this club. He's a great pitcher. The Mets should have bit the billet, 
took in the beating from the media and the fans and said, look, guys, enough is enough. We need to rebuild and stockpile tons of talent. They still haven't really decided on doing that. Now, yes, they did get they, they gave away good talent again to go to the Mariners. They gave away some good guys. But the Mets are again in the same spot where they seem like they are every year with no with no real glory in sight. It's like they, they continue to push themselves further behind. I don't see them dealing with the Yankees. I just don't. What makes it worse is you trade for a guy like Edwin Diaz who loses you games. Then you trade Jay Bruce and Swarzak who then come back into your division and bury you on both ends. So they, they lost that trade horribly. They The problem with the Mets is, and I work at City Field, so I see it all the time. All right. they care about is the Yankees. So even if they're not good, they have to keep up with the Yankees. It doesn't right. matter. The Mets made a World Series, and the Yankees said, all right, it's time to rebuild, and we did it in a year and a half. The, that's right. That's a, that's a very so good point. I don't understand why. Like, even the Rangers, if you're a hockey fan, the Islanders have been decent. The Rangers said, you know what? We got to fix things. And they did it. And this year, they look, on paper, very, very good. The Mets need to sit back. They need to grab things from the international market over the next couple of years. They need to grab college talent that can come up in a year or two. That's how they can rebuild this team. I don't understand why, you know, two Yankee fans that are on Twitter with a combined uh, 12,000 followers are coming up with an idea how to run the Mets where they should they kind of should put it together, no? Yeah, no doubt about it. It's funny because, you know, I have a series of Mets fans who I talk to and, you know, ask me about news and stuff like that because, you know, there was some of the Mets news, Um, what was it? Uh, two years two years ago, I, I I put out the Brody Van Wanigan, whatever the hell's name is, info before anybody that that he you know was going that he was selected for the Mets. I get some info about other teams every now and then. I put it out there. If it's wrong about another team, all right, you know whatever. Um, I'm not scared to be wrong anymore. You know that's something when I first started years ago that you know I'll be kind of hesitant. Um, but with the Mets, it's funny because you could go out there and trade a Cinder. Let me let, let's put it like this. Keeping Syndergaard this year, what does it do for the Mets? It puts them in a hole. It, it just may, means that go. they're a year behind on rebuilding. Joe, it's- Joe, we are not in the organization, and we know this. Most Met fans, I'm not saying, most fans in general aren't the most knowledgeable fans in the planet. Fans that have some sort of knowledge of the club they follow, you usually have an idea of what the team should do. Like, in the offseason, the Mets could have got Rulamudo and Duhar and Frazier, and all they had to do was give us Syndergaard. And yeah. they couldn't do it. You would be competing this year. You know, it's funny because there's, a, there's uh, again, I keep referencing some of the fans I talked to with the Mets, but I, I reference that because these are actual real Mets fans. I'm not. So I could care less if the Mets do this or don't do this. But it aggravates me when a club that could really be good, that could be legit, that could rival the Yankees, they, gave, they say, look, guys, we're going to get some headlines here. We're going to show that we have a good ball club, too. And our goal would be to potentially meet someone in the World Series. It doesn't got to be the Yankees. We want to win. Like you said, a lot of their ideas, we got to be better. We got to outshine the Yankees, keep up with the Yankees. You can't. The Yankees have set a model in place. Like you said, the Mets went to the World Series. The Yankees rebuilt. So th- there's the difference there. The Yankees knew, all right, now it's time to go trade a Chapman to trade a Beltran, to trade a McCann. We got to get rid of these guys now to rebuild for the future. They did it. The Yankees also know, look, if we want one of these guys back, we got the money to go do it. 
The Mets put- haven't decided on that. I, I don't know. I don't know where their mindset is, but they're not going to be a good team for a very long time unless they go out and trade some of these guys. And even the Yankees who were bad and, and when they were spending a lot of money to keep Derek Jeter in the playoffs and do things like that because those guys needed to be there. You can't uh, seeing Derek Jeter not in the playoffs is is weird. You know what I mean? So they had right. to spend the money to keep Derek Jeter relevant and in the playoffs. And I get that. At the time, it made sense. But then when you're getting rid of guys like McCann and Beltran and Chapman, who you ended up getting back, who would you replace McCann and, and, and Beltran with? Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez? So you set yourself up for 15 years by trading two pieces? You open exactly. up the room? I don't understand how the Mets can say that, you know, um, Cespedes, who can't get on a field, is holding back a kid like Kaplan or whatever his name was, uh, Kopech. Kopech. Yeah, yeah. How, how do yeah. you let... Cespedes on a three-year deal hold you up. Trade him to the American League. Right. Any right. team. You're telling me the Red Sox wouldn't take him back? No, you're 100% right. And it's funny because that's what we bring up. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's absolutely insane that fans know this, but a front office refuses to do what everyone in the world knows. Hell, you got even baseball writers. You got John Heyman, who I'm not a major fan of, but I, but I respect John Heyman. He called the Mets a trash can the other day. It's a yeah. joke. They, they're literally a joke of Major League Baseball. What makes it all worse is every player that you turn, you're like, oh, this is a problem for the Mets. Oh, Jed Lowry, they signed him instead of LeMahieu? What uh, what firm represents Jed Lowry? Oh, the same one Brody came from? Who represents right. Cano? The same firm as Brody? Guess who represents Edwin Diaz? It's just, it's just an ongoing cycle of these guys have been linked to Brody for years. So he brought all of his top clients to one team and it hasn't worked out in the slightest bit. And I think it's hard to do in baseball, but you can't make it worse anymore. Fire Brody. I don't think it's Callaway's fault. I think he could be a good manager, and he just hasn't been given the right deck of cards. Well, yeah. I mean, I've said it. I've said this for years, and I think most people probably do acknowledge this. You know, a manager is as good as his team. Yes, you got some managers that can make a, a bad ball club halfway decent, you know, to motivate them enough to get the best out of each player. But hell, if you give a guy a shit team, I mean, they're not going to be much better. What are they going to, what are they going to be? Todd Frazier, as good as he's been doing the last couple uh, of months, is not a starting third baseman on any playoff team. No, no more, no more, no I, more. I, I'm a big Todd Frazier guy, you know, Me neighborhood too. guy, but Me too. come on. You can't keep putting this product on the field. I'm a security guard. Every time the Mets don't fill a stadium, I lose work. Right. So seeing the Mets good benefits me, and they don't fill out their stadium. They do giveaways every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, against the Phillies. Can you imagine the Yankees doing a Friday night giveaway against the Red Sox? It would never happen. Giveaways are reserved for, like, Tuesdays against the Royals. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We still go to the games. We still fill the stadium. I don't understand how a team in New York City can't put a product that's half decent that can get people in the stadium. Should not be half filled. I agree with you, man. I'm I'm right there with you. Trust me. I'm right there with you. And it's got to come to a point where Major League Baseball is like, all right, you know what? It's too much money to keep a team in New York that's not going to succeed. Yeah. Maybe maybe New York's not a two-team city. You haven't done anything since the 80s. Well, well, that's that's the thing, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep trashing on the Mets here, but, but like we said, like we said to start this conversation, the problem with the Mets is you're not the Yankees, you never will be. Don't try to be, be the Mets. But like, be the Mets. 
get respectability. Oh, and one more thing, I want to throw this out here real quick. Uh, Daryl Strawberry was right about Gooden. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say it. Do you remember that a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, when Strawberry said he's still doing, he's still using? Yeah, he was at Sin Field and, and when he said Doc, it. Remember, so Gooden Christian. came out. I was like, oh, he's no good. He's this. He's that. Yep. Hey, Daryl was right. And you know, maybe he put it out there because he was looking out for his friend. I and think he was. Well, you know, well, you know, Daryl Strawberry's a pastor now, so you know, Daryl yeah. Strawberry probably recognized it and he said, "Hey, look, you know, I know those symptoms. I've been there. I've done that." He was at the field buddy, for like this stop. Christian Rock thing they did after the game, and that's when he said it. He said it during like one of his, I think it was a sermon or something. Yeah. He was like, "Listen, my good friend Doc, you know, Doc. I wish he could be here, but he's still struggling." And Doc did Ooh. not take it well. No, but he didn't. What he have didn't. the Mets done to help him? I don't know. I know the Yankees have. The Yankees have helped, and the Yankees tried to send him to rehab. I don't think he went, but they tried. Yeah, they tried. That's right. That's right. If this is one of your guys whose numbers should be in the rafters, the Mets have this problem with not honoring their history, and I didn't think this is where the conversation was going, but the Mets are just – you have – your owners are Dodger fans, and it shows in your stadium. Their stadium is a spinning image of Ebbets Field, which is nice. You know, as a baseball fan – I like stepping into Ebbets Field. You know, step into history. Fine. Why are there no retired numbers? Joe, I gotta, I gotta, you know, you're I gotta ask you this though. You, you, since you're in, since you're in City Field a lot, which stadium is better, City or Yankee Stadium? To watch a game, Yankee Stadium. To get away from the game, City Field. Okay, good. I, I've, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot by a lot of even fans. That I, and I ask it because it's not a biased question or anything. If you're a Yankee fan, it's just a simple question. But I've heard I've had a lot of Yankee fans tell me, man, go to City Field. It's, it's better to watch a game at, or or it's a better environment. So I, I I've never been to City Field yet. So me and my my girlfriend's a Mets fan, so this is an argument all of the time. And I okay. I'm honest, I say, listen, Yankee Stadium doesn't have the food, they don't have the amenities, but they right. focus on the baseball game because they don't need to take you away from it. Correct. So when you, when you put a product on the field that people want to watch, you don't need a batting cage in center field. That's true. That is true. But it's nice. Like well, you know, a, the, Met, the Mets probably need a year-long tryout, so maybe they find somebody. Oh, that, that would be amazing if they found someone <laughs> hitting in their batting cage. I wouldn't even be surprised. He'd probably already signed to Brody's firm. Right. That's right. <laughs> One of his guys, Tebow, should be coming up soon. That's another Brody guy. There you go. There you go. Who's next? Who's I, next? I can't believe that he's even still in their farm system. That's what crazy. A waste. It's unbelievable. What a waste. Bad organization. I like yeah, but bad, bad organization. That's all there is to it. It's just a, it's just a poorly ran organization. I mean, well, at least they, they, they did win something last week, like their World Series. Uh, oh, yeah. Pete oh, Alonso, yeah. Which I was excited about because I, you know, he's a Kujin, last name Alonzo. All right. So I was excited about it, but then I'm like, they just took it overboard. They're talking about it. Yeah. It's just, good for the game, though. I like, I like it when, you know. I tell you what. Not I'll tell you here. what. I'll say this right now. I take Pete Alonzo any day. Easily, and the Yankees messed up because he went two picks after them. Yep, yep. Pete Alonzo, look, let me tell you something, man. That's the one thing about Yankee fans. Well, well, we're gonna most Yankee fans, I think that that like baseball, not just you know your immature, biased fan or whatever. Pete Alonzo's a hell of a guy, and I tell you what, the Mets need to promote the hell out of this kid. He needs to be your star. He needs to be your star immediately. This oh, yeah. is the reason. Well, look, and here's the other point, and. Folks, whoever's listening, I'm sorry this is kind of like a Mets chat so far, but I want to I wanna say this too. If you're the Mets right now, now you have your reason to trade Syndergaard and whoever the hell else you want to trade. Build your team around Alonzo. You got a guy who got 30-plus homers by the All-Star break. 
build your guy, build your team around your guy. Look, he's he's came through the organization. Nobody's gonna be upset by it. For, all you gotta say is, look, we want to build this team around some of the studs we already have here. Simple as that. We're gonna get other guys up here quickly in a couple of years, and this team's gonna be a better team than we've seen in years. Imagine it's he was protected. Simple. Can you imagine he was protected in that lineup? There you go. Well, well there, there goes your answer. That's what I'm saying. We're, we do not work for this organization, and fans know that. It, it, it's simple as that. And you know, it just, it's, it's so sad to see a New York a t- baseball team in New York. You're the only sport. You're not competing with anybody. The Yankees are not home at the same time. It's just sad to see it empty. That's right. That's it's, right. It's, I agree. They should have brought Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper made the Phillies a third of the money they paid him the day he signed in season ticket sales. Oh, yeah. They made oh, $100 yeah. million dollars the day he signed. So oh, guess yeah, what? He won you two World Series in, in a 13-year span. You take it. Oh, of course. Of and course. they'll still be paying Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They love that Bobby Bonilla day. They mm-hmm. love it. Love. it, it as, as a baseball, it's my favorite holiday. I love it. The one year the All-Star game should be at City Field on Bobby Bonilla Day. I agree. I agree 100%. It should be the last one. How great would that be? They just give him, like, one big check for the last one? (laughs) Bobby Bonilla Day should be a Major League Baseball holiday. I mean, among the fans, it is. It's just not a – I mean, MLB Network kind of tries to be meme-y, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree, man. That would be great. now that we're done talking about, I think, the Little Brothers, let's uh, move our attention to, you know, the World Series contending Yankees. Hey, best team in baseball. Let's talk about them. Um, ne- next month, I'm so this month coming up, obviously, the deadline's coming. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. We should be getting Batenzas back. We should be getting Montgomery back, which people keep forgetting we're getting Monty back. Severino, yep. probably not. Looking at September for him now. Yep. Um... But they, they got a lot coming, and then our big test comes at the end of August when we go to L.A. Right. So that, huge that's, series. that's huge. That's the World Series decider. That, that series is going to end up deciding who gets home field advantage. I will tell you what right now, Major League Baseball is begging for that series in the World Series. It's been it's long overdue, Yankee Dodgers. I understand it's played out, and and we've seen it so many times. Oh, it does it doesn't matter. Baseball, that's oh baseball. yeah, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you something about the Dodgers and the Yankees, though. You get the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series, I guarantee you right now you have the best rated World Series of all time, by far, oh, yeah. by a long shot. Because first of all, you have Rue and Tanaka, so I don't think we've seen two Japanese superstars go head to head like that ever in, in a, a World, World Series. Series. That's right. That's right. So. You have you have the two of them. You have all the Dominican superstars that both teams have. Yep. You will be watching a, a lot of countries will be tuned in got, watching baseball. Well, what about what about the future Hall of Famers? You got Sabathia. You got Kershaw. Yeah, it's CC's last mean, last World Series. I mean, it's all over the place. You got a story almost everywhere you look on, on those teams. I mean, you got really two powerhouses that baseball probably hasn't seen in a long time. Really, go, if it were to happen, you know, of course we're jumping ahead here. But if that were to happen, who knows what these teams will do at the deadline also? I mean, you might add more big names to arguably, I think, what will be the, the most viewed World Series of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's easily one of the uh, – it, it, if baseball likes their stories like they say that they do, this is one that you need. Oh, not, yeah, no doubt about it. No question. No question. No question. 
it's just it's just a matter of when. And I I'm excited for the Dodgers to catch up to the Buffalo Bills. That's what I'm watching. Yeah. yeah. So make it again this year. Lose again this year. And then uh, you know, you you make you make it. You lose this year. I'm sorry. And uh, you make it again. Lose next year. You tie the Buffalo Bills, which no one thought was possible. All right. Because yeah. they're clearly the best team in the West and uh, in the West in the National League. Oh, by far. By far. Yeah, they they would be a major disappointment if they don't go to the World Series this year. I mean, a major disappointment. It's about time that they win. And oh, yeah. even when you talk about storylines, I mean, I can just in my head see them replaying Dave Roberts in 2004 because that's what oh, Fox yeah. likes to do. Anytime oh, yeah, the Yankees have suffered the hands of a manager, especially, they show it over and over oh, and over. Can you imagine they played? Can you imagine they played a World Series against uh, the Nationals with Matt Williams as the manager? <laughs> would have right. never stopped seeing it. That's all you would have saw. So uh, the deadline, what are we looking at? Wow. Well, we already know. I mean, starting pitching is key. Brian Cashman hasn't made that a secret. Hal Steinbrenner hasn't made that a secret. You know, every everyone in the world knows the Yankees need starting pitching. They're not. You know, the difference between again, if we just go back real quickly to the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Yankees actually have comp- real competition in the American League, so it, it's a it is a quite a difference. You know, you got the Houston Astros, who I think right now are by far the Yankees' biggest threat, a team with legit starting pitching. The Yankees don't have that right now. You know, no matter what we say about you know Domingo Herman look great, fine, great, I'm happy he has, and you know the break probably was the best thing that could happen to Herman. He's not going to start all year because he's going to have an innings limit at some point soon, and they're going to have to kind of limit that a little bit, but. You know, you mentioned Severino. Severino's not com- not coming back anytime soon. And I warned Yankee fans of this weeks ago. Hell, before the season began, I was telling fans, you know, don't count on Severino or Montgomery. If you if you're Brian Cashman, which I, I Brian Cashman is extremely intelligent. He knows what he's doing. He's not counting on this. You cannot go into a deadline saying, well, you know, maybe we get a B level starter because we got Severino Montgomery coming back. You can't think that way. If they come back, fine, great. And look, Severino may be your relief guy at the end of the year that can come back and truly dominate two or three innings out of the bullpen for the Yankees. That might be where he's most helpful this year. And fans will probably hear me say that and go, whoa, 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 no way. You know, this guy needs to be a starter. Well, there's already rumors that he may be coming out of the pen later this year just to, to limit what the, the workload on him this year. So with that being said, you know, who's the names out there? We know them. You know, we know the names out there. I don't think Scherzer's going anywhere. I, I don't I don't see Scherzer going anywhere. We know that Madison Bumgarner's out there. We know Marcus Stroman, Matthew Boyd, Robbie Ray. You know, we know a lot of the names that are out there for the Yankees. Bauer. Um, all of these guys make sense. Every name that has been linked to the Yankees so far makes sense. The big name right now when it comes to actual rumors is Robbie Ray. And I, and I would like to take a second to talk about Ray and, and who he is. You, I don't know how long you've been following me, Joe, but going back when I first started on Twitter and first started the YouTube page, I've told fans since back then, the Yankees have been infatuated with Robbie Ray. He's a guy that Brian Cashman has loved. And all of these guys that Brian Cashman loves for years, he looks to try to land and looks to go after. There, there's been quite a few of these guys over the years that I always mention to Yankee fans, and it's always accurate. At some point, sooner or later, the mainstream media catches up and they report on it. The is, New York Post is now reporting that uh, the Diamondbacks have sent their top guys, their assistant to the GM, to watch Tampa. And a lot of people, uh, you know, mentioned me, hey, you know, maybe it's Grinky also, or not just right. Look, it's for Robbie Ray. 
Yeah. The Yankees have loved the Robbie Ray for years, and they're not the only club. No. The, the, re- the reason being, and, and fans bring this up to all, God, the guy sucks. Yankee fans. We don't have great starters. Stop knocking every other team's starter. Here's a guy who can help this club. Now, yeah. R- Ray's biggest problem is control, is command, is that he struggles to throw strikes. So he already got 50-plus walks this year. Yesterday, he dominated the Cardinals, pitched a great game, gave a one homer, but six innings dominated. If Robbie Ray could give the Yankees five or six innings consistently, it'll be a major upgrade to a team that's bullpen is absolutely dominating. Here's a guy who strikes out more than 11 per nine over the last, what, three or four seasons. He's fielding independent pitching is always around four, right around the, the, the line. I'm talking about 4.0 something or right below four. Here's a guy who, if he if he tips the corner of command, let's say, for an example, Larry Rothschild could see something and go, hey, look, maybe you position your glove here, whatever it is, and that walk rate could dip to three or 3.4, 3.5. Talking about a guy who arguably could be a Paxton or a really a legit ace, that potential is that high. Only 27 years old, Yankees will control until, I think, tw- through 2020, so another full year. He would cost a, a decent amount of prospects, but he's worth it. You know, he's worth it to go out there and give up what it could take to land him. And maybe the Yankees could land a Stroman with him or a Boyd with him. And, you know, if the Yankees do that, maybe a Wheeler. Let's say, for an example, a Wheeler and a Ray. If Yankee fans are upset about that, you don't understand baseball. That's what the Yankees need. Yeah. If the Yankees can land two of these guys, that would be major and would automatically propel them to the World Series favorite. Wheeler is starting to turn it on again. He, you know, Wheeler's good, and and the thing that Yankee fans miss about a guy like Wheeler is peripherals. He gets a lot of ground balls. The Yankees have arguably one of the best infield defenses in baseball. I don't know what numbers tell you on that, but per the eye, I, I like to. I'm a seeing eye guy. I look at peripheral numbers and analytics a little bit, but per what my vision tells me, they got a good infield defense. First base might be a little iffy, but second, short, and third, I'm not too concerned about. Um. But, yeah, I mean, getting him on the Yankees would, would make a ton of sense. And I, I, I'm I just noticing a trend with the Yankees, you know, interested in Bauer, Robbie Ray. They were interested in Corbin. They were linked to Skaggs for a long time. Yep, they were. Is there a reason why they go after all of these Diamondback, you know, kid, the kids that come through the Diamondbacks? Well, the Diamondbacks usually produce guys that are big strikeout guys. And they, they produce guys that are bigger. They're, they're usually bigger in stature. So if you look at what the Yankees have done over the last couple of years, a lot of their starting pitches they went after, you know, kind of fit the same mold. A lot of them, some of them are left-handed, they're right-handed, but they're, they're typically high-percentage strikeout guys. They're guys that could get strikeouts. So the Yankees are looking for that more because that's what wins in October. And I'm a fan of Marcus Stroman. I like Stroman. I think Stroman would be a decent signing for the Yankees. He wouldn't be my number one choice, and I've had a lot of fans argue me about this. But I want a guy who can really have the potential to put batters away at at alarming rates, especially in the postseason. Robbie Ray fits that mold. People don't like Matt Boyd, but let me tell you something about Matt Boyd. He's getting better every year. Strikeout numbers are going up every year. He's left-handed. So I had some people say, well, he gives up a lot of fly balls. He's a left-hander at Yankee Stadium. That's what you don't mind that as a lefty at Yankee Stadium. Because, again... Righties are going to drive the ball to left center, which is the big part of the field, and lefties aren't necessarily going to pull you down a line. But he strikes a lot of guys out. That's what the Yankees are looking for. They're looking for those guys that strike guys out. Paxton is one of those guys. 
Sabathia was in 09. Burnett was. You look at a lot of the uh, – Jay Happ, always Andy good with Pettit. strikeout numbers. Andy Pettit. You look, the Yankees have turned that mold of saying, we want guys that go out there and strike guys out. That's why they've been so infatuated with a guy like Cole. Bauer would make sense in that department. There's a lot of those guys that make sense for the Yankees. And I, I would like Marcus Stroman, but he doesn't necessarily fit the mold of what the Yankees are looking for. I don't see them giving up what it would take for a guy like Stroman. Would I be happy? Yes, I would. I wouldn't mind it. But I don't see the Yankees giving up what it would take to land him. But you also got to be careful giving prospects and, and talent or a guy like Clint Frazier to a team in your division who is ready to compete in two years. Correct. Correct. So, so yeah, you're 100% spot on. So if you trade – if you trade, and, and I've had this talk with a lot of Yankee fans that ask me, you know, would Bumgarner make sense? Look, look, I, I want to explain this again because – a lot of younger Yankee fans, Joe, they, they, they've fall, fallen into this mold of, well, I want to win in 2020, and I want to win in 2021. How about this for an example? How about winning in 2019? That's typically the goal, is to win now. If Yankee fans believe Madison Bumgarner coming to the Yankees wouldn't help them win now, I think you're wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, no, they're out of their mind. And people got... I think you're wrong. The only thing is, and I'm okay with getting a guy like Bumgarner, and it hurts to say, but I'll give up Clint Frazier to do it, and I'm a big Clint Frazier fan. I know you are. I know you are. But we need to get more years out of Bumgarner, and he wants to sign an extension. That's what people aren't kind of understanding. Originally, when he put the Yankees on their no trade, I was like, what, what the fuck is this? What's this guy doing? And then I, and then someone, no, if you notice, these are only the teams that are competing, and the one team that's not competing well, the one team that is competing and isn't on there is the Dodgers, who they'll never trade him to. Correct. Exactly. So it makes sense. So if he comes here with a, with a, you know, two years after this or three years after this, and we have to give up Clint Frazier, I'm okay with it. But if we're trading Clint Frazier, who can potentially be an all-star caliber outfielder, and you're giving up this year for potentially two, three World Series in the next ten years, I'd rather take those. Just like the oh, argument. Yeah. If you know... You don't sign Mark Teixeira. You don't win the 09 World Series. But you got Mike Trout, and you'll win down the line. I'd be okay with that, too. Yeah, right. And and, that, and that's the thing, too, that, you know, I, I speak of a lot when it comes to a guy like Madison Bumgarner is I think for the Yankees, you got you to gotta recognize, too, are the Yankees going to see the true value? Is he a guy the Yankees want to sign for two or three more years? Is that on the horizon? The Yankees have things planned out for years ahead. You know, that's why, uh, you know, I've been able to say, hey, they're interested in these guys. You'll hear these names eventually. And then they, they come out. Again, for anybody who, you know, argues with a lot of the, the, the information I've put out, how much of it has been wrong? And I'm just being honest. Barely any of it has. A lot of the stuff I've said two years ago, you're seeing, you're, you're seeing it now. The people I've said the Yankees are interested in years ago, you're seeing it now because the Yankees have guys in their, in their camp that they, they know they want to target, and eventually they will. And, and Robbie Ray's been that guy, but I haven't heard a lot about Stroman, about Bumgarner. That's why I'm a little concerned if the Yankees actually do go out there and get one of these guys. Now, I think Bumgarner will make all the sense in the world because he's been there, he's done that, and that's really what this club needs. People bring up the idea his velocity's down. He's not striking guys out, but he knows how to pitch. He knows how to pitch in a big game. Bumgarner's not going to back down from a game seven. He's not going to back down from a huge start in New York. 
That's no, not going to worry Bumgarner one bit. He's the type of guy to pitch a game six and come out of the bullpen in game seven, and we don't we haven't had that in a very long time. Exactly. And th- that is what the Yankees are. You look at the Yankees right now, what you just said is what the Yankees are missing. That's it. That's it. it. You, you you get a guy who knows how to win. Yeah, CC won a World Series, but he did it 10 years ago. And did CC really win us that World Series? He won us the NL- the ALCS, but th- there were a lot of guys who were new to it, and, and but I don't know how to say this without pissing people off, but Bumgarner knows how to win, and he would be the captain of the staff. As yeah, soon as I mean, it's, 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 it's not even comparable. I mean, I, I'm not – look, I've never been one to, to, to feel bad about hurting anybody's feelings, so I'm just going to say it. CeCe Sabathia is not Madison Bumgarner. It's not even close. It's not even close. No, it shouldn't be a even. debate, but, pe- but people well, are sure like they, to make because there's a bias. argument. So a lot of Yankee fans got mad at me when I when I said, look, Sabathia is not who he was anymore, and I'm not relying on him this year. I'm just not. He's been better than I expected. And I said all along, I hope he proves me wrong. So far, I, I want to say he has. I think he's been good. I really do. I think he's been good. Has he been what the Yankees need? No, but he's been good. He, he's probably better than what I – I know he's better than what I've expected so far, so I'm happy to say that. But he's not, he's not what the Yankees need right now. He's not Madison Bumgarner right now. He is not the guy that you can say – Let's get him three starts in a seven-game series if we can. Bumgarner's that guy right now, and that is what the Yankees really need. No, no question about it. And you give up what it takes to get him. Now, if it costs an extension, maybe the Yankees don't want to do that. Maybe they go, hey, look, we want him for this year, but he's not in our plans in the future. And maybe that kills the deal. Because I know the Yankees really know what they're going to do in the future. They really have an idea of what the team should look like. And maybe Bumgarner's not in those plans. Should he be? Maybe. That's another debate. But maybe he's not. And the Yankees have done something here recently where they're not backing off of what they want to do. So Brian Cashman and I talked about this. Um, what deal was it? What deal was it uh, recently when I said the Yankees aren't going to budge? Oh, on Dallas Keuchel. And go back to Dallas Keuchel. I said what the Yankees offered him. And I was told that a week before it was even announced. And I said they will not budge. Then it came out that the Yankees offered exactly what I said, and they wouldn't budge, and they lost Keuchel. So Brian Cashman knows what he wants to do. He won't back off on it. So if they offer something, and it's not what the Giants want, the Yankees aren't going to reevaluate it and say, well, well, we'll bow down. They're not going to do that. Yeah, but what I, like going back to the Keuchel, what I heard was that the Yankees made their offer with the ability to go over if they really had to. Boris didn't even give them the opportunity to go over. Because That's understand- what they say. Yeah, that, that's what that's what they say. That's what they say. And th- there's been a lot of that recently. And, and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of, of talking about a theory I have. But every time the Yankees miss out on somebody it was somebody else's fault. And it's kind of odd that this happens all the time now happened kind of not really with Machado, but it happened with Corbin happened with Keuchel. Um, There's a few other names that, I'm, that I know I'm out there missing that I, I forget about. But but it's happened also where all of a sudden there was a change at the end and it just didn't work out. So I, I don't know necessarily. I believe what I'm told and I kind of stick with that. And it's typically right. It comes out to be right. But, um, you know, okay, fine. They passed up on Keiko. But who's the name they got to get it? And, you know, I talked to a, a lot of good people on Twitter. You know, you, you being one of them, Anthony being one of them, that know, know their Yankee baseball. And at the end of the day, this is arguably the most important deadline of the Yankees' history. This is the year when this club has all this great young talent. 
good players, a great bullpen, a team that no question about it should win the World Series. Yeah, this but is it's where it's gonna really depend on this on this deadline. This is where, like you know, the books are written. The book starts in the 2016 deadline and ends at the 2019 World Series. So right. So this right. is so this true. is where they're gonna start writing books. So true. Do we want it to be a good book, or is it gonna be a book of what could have been? Or yep, or what a sad ending. And we got we had a lot of guys in the minors. Yeah, we can trade Clint Frazier. We can trade Florial, who none of the Yankee scouts like. Uh, we could uh, Davey Garcia, who I don't want to trade, but we could. Acevedo. We have a lot of pieces. We just signed obviously the Martian last week. Yep. Yep. And um, I don't know if you heard we signed Pat Demarco. Yeah. Vanderbilt kid, who's an yep. awesome outfielder. Mm-hmm. I did see that. So he's another guy who could come up in a year or two. He's yeah. ready. All right. So I think they're they're sending him to Staten Island, and, and you know we got Anthony Volpe who's going to be good. Yep. We we have Anthony Siegler who we can trade easily, an ambidextrous catcher. Mm-hmm. Send Correct. Him. We have Correct. Gary Sanchez. There's a, there's a there's a lot of that, and that's the thing too. There's a lot of I actually heard about Siegler recently that the Yankees are considering moving him potentially from a catcher because they feel that he could be a really good infielder. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on to see what they what they do with that. Um, but there, there's a lot that this team could do. And Yankee fans fall into this trap of, oh, my God, please don't trade this guy. Folks, you've never seen this guy pitching the majors. And, again, a lot can happen from A ball to the majors. A lot can happen from AAA to the majors. Look at the so kids that are going from AA to AAA. And can't, the, the, uh, Anthony Kay can't throw a curveball anymore because now he's pitching with a Major League Baseball. Right. Well, there you go. So, so, I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing a, a lot of what could happen. And, and at the end of the day, look, Major League, you got to take risk. And it's a hard job. Brian Cashman's job is not easy by any means. Or, or you know, um, the, 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 the guys who are, are there with them um, that really focus on, on who you're going to bring to the table, who really is ready. Look, um, Joe, you probably remember my tweet early in the year when I said that you know, I had I, I had a, a scout, a, a friend I talked to that that scouts the Yankees. That's actually an advanced scout with the Yankees. That told me flat out about Garcia. This is a guy didn't even pitch. In, it was getting ready to go to single A. Told me flat out, this kid has a very legit shot to be in the majors this year. And I remember go back to that tweet. People said you're you're nuts. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. This is more clickbait. It's what I was told. The, the guy's in Triple A right now. And Brian Cashman just said the other day he's knocking on the door already. So this is a guy with legit major league stuff. No question about it could help this club. Now, again, is he the guy to get him over the top? I would say right now, no, because I think experience means a lot, especially in a postseason, especially for a club that needs to win now. Now, do you deal him? No. And if you do, you better be getting the right deal for him. It better be 100% legit that this is the move you want to make because it's hard to deal a type of guy that's come up so quickly right now. And that can really have a look. If you watch this kid pitch, you say to yourself right now, well, this is a, this is a major league starter now. And he like, is. He, he, he can make it in this level right now. Just between watching the Futures game this year and watching Garcia pitch and last year watching Justice Sheffield pitch. Not even close. It's not even close. It's, Justice Sheffield pitched last year and we wanted to like it. But, like, after we traded him, we were like, oh, he never did well. Well, well, well I mean, Joe, if you remember, if you look again – Read my read some of my tweets. And again, I'm not I'm not sitting here just to say, well, uh, you know, I was right about this guy. That information I put out there, it's coming from legit people that know the Yankees, folks. 
look what I said about Sheffield last year. I, everybody was saying, call him up, call him up, call him up. And I kept telling everybody, the Yankees scouts do not like him. They feel he cannot pitch at a major league level. He can't throw strikes. And they, they said it. He will not last three innings. This kid, didn't he get sent down to double A? He's in double A with the Mariners. If you're in the Mariners double A team, the Mariners double A team, the Mariners are not a very good team. They don't have the deepest farm. You're in double A. You're not very good. Exactly. Well, there you go. So, Joe, for you, you know, for you being, this is interesting because I love hearing this from, especially from baseball fans who I know really know, really know their baseball. Who do you, if you were to see the Yankees land a starting pitcher, let's just go with one for now because it could, you know, it could potentially be two. Brian Cashin could really go out and, and give the Yankees what they really need. They could definitely make two really good deals if they want to. Who are the names that, that you really have at the top, at the top, top of your list that you think will put the Yankees over the top? So what are we doing? Top one or two, two, three? What do you want? Let's do, let's do, let's do one through three of guys who, and let's make them realistic because I don't, I don't, maybe you see Scherzer being traded. I, Scherzer's not going nowhere. The only reason why, well, first of all, now they're competing, but their owner is 98 years old. Until the man is dead, they are not selling a thing. Well, Joe, we also know something being Italian. Mike Rizzo flat out apparently told Max Scherzer that he gave him his word that he's not trading in it, that he's not getting rid of him. So if you're Italian and you give your word, you're not being traded. Especially it. a legit old school Italian, you give your word, you're sticking to that no matter what. I don't, unless you're demanded by ownership. Yeah, I don't think Scherzer's not going to Mike over. Rizzo. Like Mike Rizzo's doing his job. He's literally doing what he's told. That's why the man hasn't been fired yet. Right. As much as like people around baseball hate Mike Rizzo. Yeah. But he really, he just does his job. He's like a Brian Cashman. Yeah, you might not be good for three years, but guess what? In five years when they're competing again? It's Mike Rizzo. It's Mike Rizzo. So he'll be yeah. there for a while. But yeah, exactly. He gave his word. I don't think that, yeah, Scherzer's not moving, so I wasn't even going to put him on my list. Well, um, number one, the guy I want is Noah Syndergaard, and I think there's a very real possibility to shake things up with the Mets. If Brody really wants to drop a Brody bomb, we'll call it, he trades Syndergaard to the Yankees, for Clint Frazier, Estevan Florial, and Duhar, and Acevedo. Wow, that's a huge deal. It's a huge deal, but I think it works for the Yankees because I think he's got two years after this. And right. they set themselves up for the next six years. I love I love your logic on that. Let me let me say this. Let let's be let's be let's be real here. Okay, this is gonna be hard to do, but let's look at this in a Mets perspective. How in the hell do you say no? You can't. You can't. And if they say, all right, listen, we, we want one outfielder, you know, we'll, if we, uh, how do we get Siegler from you? Oh, well, we got to keep Clint Frazier. We'll give you Siegler so you get your catcher. But then Clint Frazier's ours. Bet they don't want Siegler after that. And let me, let me, um, let me be, a little, let me play a little devil's advocate here. And, and Mets fans, I'm sorry, but I got to do this. If, hell, if the Yankees say, look, Frazier's the headline. And then we're going to add two decent prospects to that deal. Or maybe we'll throw in a green or a holder. And Anduhar. How do you still say no to that? Well, you keep need Andahar off. The hell with it. Keep Andahar off. You can strong arm the Mets here. If the Mets say no to getting a legit major league ready starting outfielder, along with a legit potentially going to a weaker league relief pitcher, maybe two good pitching prospects, maybe a Contreras. How in the world can the Mets sit there and tell their fan base, look, we just gave up on getting t players who in two years are going to really help us? 
How do you still say no to that? And you know what? Like, I don't want to be, you know, political, but literally, I said it last, and I'll say it this year. If Brian Cashman were to go to, you know, the political way and be like, yeah, no, this is what we offered them, they said no. Fans right. would riot, and they would call the Yankees and be like, all right, how do we do it? Right. Well, there you go. At a certain point, fans have to stop going. The 20,000 that do come will stop going. Of course. So that's number one on my list. Number two would be Bumgarner. And okay. three, three, and I'm really skeptical because he only wants one-year deals as Bauer. I don't want okay. a pitcher that we can only sign a year at a time. I would like to have him I for four years. I get it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, I like I like your top three. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little more uh, a little more skeptical on mine when it comes to being a little safe. Now I do have a top three, so Bumgarner's on there because I think Bumgarner truly makes the most sense for the 2019 Yankees. Let me say that because I want to be fair. He makes sense for the 2019 Yankees, no doubt about it. My other two is is, is truly a toss up. Because I'm a big fan of Robbie Ray. I don't know if Ray will get his shit together with the Yankees. I don't know. But the potential is so great where you want to say, look, Robbie, until the the offseason where maybe we could see something to really work with you on changing some things up, you need to give us five innings. You need to give us five or six innings and dominate for five or six innings. If you could do that in 70, 65 or 60% of your starts, it's a win for us. And then I'm, I'm a toss up between Boyd and Bauer. And I know a lot of Yankee fans are going to be pissed of hearing me say any of that, but I think the Yankees do actually have a legit chance to get Bumgarner. I really do. I think they have a real legit chance to get him. But those guys make sense because Boyd has been so terrific this year. Boyd has been so good. He's beat up the Red Sox multiple times, pitched a great game against the Astros recently. He's a guy who, on his good days, is going to dominate and going to keep you in games. He's pitching very well. Bauer, on the other hand, is Bauer. I think he's going to cost a lot, though. And I don't think the Indians are just going to say, give us Frazier and, you know, a bag of balls and we'll make a deal. They're going to want a very, very nice haul for him. And I don't know if the Yankees are willing to do that because I've also heard the Yankees are very up in the air. They're very split on Bumgarner. They're split on Stroman. A lot of Yankee people do not like Marcus Stroman. One of the scouts I spoke to recently, I was going to put this out today in my live chat, that a lot of scouts on the Yankees that are up there in Brian Cashman's ear are not fans of, of Stroman at all. They don't think he's going to be – he'll be good with the Yankees at all, not one bit. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what the Yankees do on that side. But I like – a lot of fans get mad when I say Boyd. They don't like it. It's not the sexy name out there. But I think Boyd – I think Boyd, I think Bumgarner will make all the sense in the world, and I would give up what it would take to get Bumgarner. Am I giving up a Garcia form? No. Am I hesitant to give up Frazier form? I am. But again, let me repeat what I was told again recently. The Yankees aren't huge fans of this kid, folks. Stanton's on the uh, on the disabled list. Look where Frazier is. That tells you all you need to know. That tells you everything you need to know right there. Frazier's not at the major league level. He's in AAA. They're not huge fans of what he is. And I think a lot of it has to do with how he handles some of the situations here. I think the Yankees are saying, no, you're staying there. We don't need you right now. You stay where you are. And he's not performing. So that could be another thing that the Yankees are seeing and saying, well, you know, you, you gave this idea that you're going to go down there and keep being good. Well, you sucked in AAA. So are you truly committed to being this great ball player for this club? There's a lot of questions about Frazier, and a lot of it he brought onto himself. Some of it's unfair. A lot of it he brought onto himself. No doubt about it. 
So it'll be interesting to see what, what steps the Yankees take. But everything I'm hearing and that I've talked about for years, the one guy I know for a fact the Yankees are in love with out of everybody is Robbie Ray because they've been connected to him for multiple years. Multiple years, they've loved this kid. They want him. They will love to get him on this club. Now you have uh, a Tim Nearing who is up there. I mean, you're talking about Brian Cashman's right-hand man scouting Arizona, you know, scouting uh, Cleveland for Bauer. So you have the, the, the Diamondbacks scouting the Yankees minor league teams and they're scouting A-ball. So they're scouting a lot of these Contreras and guys like that already that could potentially – the Yankees can, you know, give up some lower-level guys, but not the guys that are close to major league. Ready to help in the team right now. That all makes a lot of sense. So it'll be interesting. I, I think Brian Cashman could surprise the Yankees with two good names. I really think he could. I think he could surprise them with one good name and maybe another good relief pitcher. So this deadline is going to be fun. I'm going to have a lot of news for everybody. It, it's going to be very interesting. Live chats all this week. It, it – this is the make or break time for the Yankees this year, and they got to really make it. Yeah, and like like you said, with relief pitchers, I can imagine the Yankees. The Yankees are going to get one stud relief pitcher just to block one of the teams in their way. I think they will. I think they you, will. You get one, you shake up the market because how many are there? Kirby Yates and who else? Right. I can't right. imagine Cleveland trading Brad Hand because they're going to make the wild card probably. Mm-hmm. So what do you do after Kirby Yates? The Mets aren't move. The Mets don't have anything to move. The Marlins have nothing to move. There's nobody good on the Orioles. So, and with the way the wild card is now, a lot of teams don't trade. Right. I'll tell you what. And, and you know, one of the things I will look to do if I'm the Yankees, and a lot of people aren't going to like this name at all because the numbers right now don't look great. But if the Yankees can go out there and get a Robbie Ray, <clears throat> but bring over Archie Bradley with them, you go out there and do it. Because, look, Archie Bradley, I think he's pitching to a close to a five ERA, like right at five. Fielding independent pitching is great, though. So he, he's obviously doing something right. Yeah, I think he's pitching like a low three ERA when, it, when you look at um, FIP. Um, so he's doing it. Strikeout numbers are still there, giving up a couple more hits, which could be bad luck. You know, the walk numbers are up a little bit. But here's a guy with dominating stuff. We don't know if Batances is coming back can really be another guy that could come to the Yankees and, and, and really turn it on. Or you can kind of work him back into that role. Say, look, you're not going to pitch these high leverage innings or anything like that. Going to kind of work you back to where we need you to be. But that could be an option. There's a lot of the options out there for the Yankees too. And that's just a, a quick suggestion that popped in my head. I know he's pitching a lot better than what his numbers look like. And he's been great for the past years. So that's an, 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 it fits the Yankees mold that he's big guys that just throw bombs so it make, makes, a, makes a lot of sense on a lot of different areas of where the routes the Yankees can take this deadline. And it, it, all sound, it all sounds good and it all sounds reasonable. It all sounds like something that will bring us to, you know, the place that we've just been craving for 10 years. Yeah, no doubt that, about it. No doubt about it, man. And we're spoiled. If 10 years is a, is a World Series drought for us, we're spoiled, yeah. But it just it's not like the Yankees. This is it's not. It, it's we, not, especially, especially with a club like this, you know. The last thing you want to see is a club like this not get that support that everybody knows they need, and then they lose. You know, if, if they lose by getting the Bumgarner, if they lose by getting Ray and another pitcher, or if they lose by getting Boyd and Stroman, let's say, or or one of these guys and another good relief pitcher, for an example, and, and they lose, and you look at it and go, you can't blame Cash for him. He gave it his all. You know, they, they really went out there and did try to win. Unfortunately, they didn't pay off. You can sit back and go, well, 2020, you know, Cole's available. Let's, let's refocus and get more pitching. 
and build upon what this club has created through the minor league system to try to win from there. So, you know, the Yankees have to go out there and add a big starting pitcher and add a couple maybe and, and really, really put this team in the best position to win. Is there a chance that they do nothing? Of course, there always is. Do is I it think high? They, I, is it scary I, I think, high? No, I don't think so. I think they'll do something, no doubt about it. There's, there's too many names out there for them not to do anything. You know, this is – there. There's that's the other thing, too, that, that I'll bring up quickly. And, you know, Yankee fans, uh, they, they we all want the sexy name. We want the bum garners. Uh, for some reason, Stroman is this big sexy name out there on Yankee Twitter, and people are falling head over heels for him. And, you know – Yankee fans always want the sexy name. So you bring up a guy that Yankee fans don't see a lot, like a John Gray, for an example, who, you know, the Rockies could deal if they fall out of if they, you know, the next week or so they really play bad. Was another guy's pitching good in course field. Who the hell knows what he could do outside of course field? But you got your Robbie Rays, you got your boys, and fans see them and they don't see them enough where they say, Well, I see the potential, I see what they could do. But they're not the sexy name that I want, and it's a bad deal. No, it's not. There's a lot of guys that can propel the Yankees over the top. Yes, the sexy name is what everybody wants because as fans, we see it in the first mindset we have is, well, we're going to be good. But we don't see the downside that maybe maybe they're not the best deal. Maybe they're not going to fit. So that's the difficulty of the deadline. You know, maybe the Yankees get a Robbie Ray, and he, and he says, hell, I'm finally out of Arizona. You know, I'm pitching for a team that's going to win. I'm turning this shit up. I'm going to dial it up. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to be the guy I am. Maybe, that, maybe there's something that goes and it clicks. And he goes, damn, I'm back to this guy who finished in the top 10 in Cy Young. Or Boyd says, damn, I'm pitching for the New York Yankees. Or Bauer comes over and, and, and just continues to get better. Or Bumgarner. Bum, Bumgarner says, shit, Verlander did it. I could exactly. do it. I, I'm going to the New York. Yeah, we're going to win. I am back on a team that is going to win. I'm going to. I'm going to increase my Hall of Fame chances by being the greatest postseason pitcher of all time. And now I'm doing it in New York. So let's go. Like you said, Syndergaard says, damn, I'm off. Now I'm in the A-League of, the, of, of New York baseball. Now I'm on the A-plus, the, the real spotlight. Thor is going to really come out now. People yeah, like, forget a lot of that. They see my, the numbers only, and that's it. Me and my brother both agree. Whatever team Syndergaard goes on is getting a Cy Young winner because he will pitch angry. That this oh, team yeah, that man. he trusted. Listen, you went to the Mets. You didn't think you were going to a team that would make a World Series in your first two years. Mm-hmm. That made the playoffs again, and then they did nothing. They didn't build around what they had, and you stuck it through, and you stayed here. You didn't demand a trade. You sat, and you played. Yep. Then they trade you. He will be pissed, and he will be a stud when he gets here. I agree. I and agree. You keep him home. You don't have you don't have to worry about a guy. You know, does he have to get a hotel room like the whole Jay Happ thing last year? Always sleeping in a hotel room. Yeah. You don't need that narrative. He gets to sleep in his bed. Yep. Same thing with Strowman. Strowman has a house here. He gets to sleep in his bed. Yep. I agree. So that that makes all the difference. And, and so I, we just got to sit here. We got to wait, and we got to hope that the right pieces fall. I and agree 100%. I just I hope Brody has the courage in him to say, listen, Fred, Jeff, you want a good team? There's one team we can deal with. There's only one team that can give us what we need to compete in three years. Right. Just like and, and like you said, Yankee fans get stuck on names. If they if you think the Yankees are touching Luis Castillo, you're insane. 
folks, you got a better pitcher in Domingo Herman. I- I'm sick of talking about this. And you got they, the, the rumors come be, from the Reds because they want to see what oh, they can get. Oh yeah, a lot a lot of rumors come from the ball club. Look, I like Luis Castillo. I wouldn't mind him. Luis Castillo is nowhere near what the Yankees need. They don't need and, and fans, I know what fans will say right now. Well, Robbie Ray does the same thing. Look, Robbie Ray's been doing it longer, and Robbie Ray's potential is greater than Castillo. It's not even close. First of all, he's a lefty, which I always jump to when it comes to Yankee Stadium. But Castillo is Domingo Armand. There's no big difference. Besides, Domingo Armand's better. And he's doing it in one of the toughest divisions in baseball. He's better. But Domingo Armand has found his command. This guy, Castillo, will come here. I'm, not, I'm, I'm telling you right now. And he won't throw a strike. And teams in the American League are not going to chase. He's going to walk everybody. Those numbers are going to go up. Yeah, I, I don't ace down the line, maybe, but no, he is not the answer for the Yankees. And you get these guys like Luis Castillo. Who has he learned from? Who has been with the Reds in the last four years in their system at spring trainings for him to learn from? At least Matt Boyd has not pitched in the playoffs, but you don't think Verlander was ever in his ear? Of course, of course, so he learned from someone. I mean, I, he probably wasn't there when Scherzer was there, but. He just, but having Verlander in your ear makes all the difference. And that's what you need to understand. The people around Luis Castillo are not good. When's the last time the Reds had a good pitcher? Homer Bailey? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Remember, the last thing he wants to happen, and it's going to happen. My, I think Brian Cashman said it the other day when he, when he was putting his quotes out. He said, look, the Astros are going to get better. The Red Sox are going to get better. They're going to make deals. And let me tell you. You think Houston is done trading for a starting pitcher? You're wrong. I could see them getting Boyd. And if they get Boyd with the way they get pitchers better, and Ver, like you said, Verlander already knows about this kid. So Verlander could very well be saying, man, give up what it takes. Get this guy here. Like, we're gonna, this guy's going to get better. They get somebody like him, it could be World Series lock for them. The Yankees have to get better. They must get better. It might, it might even cost the Yankees making a trade that they don't want to make to block these teams. Because they have enough pieces to do it. And sometimes that's what it takes. That's what it takes. And look, a lot of fans bring up this idea, uh, again, of, oh, we can't trade these minor league guys. Folks, the Yankees' core is at the major league level. The Yankees' core isn't in double-A or triple-A. Can we get this out of our head already? The core is already there. That's already there. These are not... You deal these other guys, fine. Does it hurt a little bit? Yeah, it upsets you for a day. Then when you see the guy in the Yankee uniform, you go, good. All right, cool. We forgot. The core is there. They're not trading Glaber. They're not trading Judge. They're not trading Andujar right now. Maybe, you know, maybe, who knows? They're not trading Judge. They're not trading Severino. They're not trading the guys they've developed. That's not happening. Yeah, that's like Michael K says it all the time. The Yankees don't have the best farm system, but they have the deepest. Yes, that's true. They have guys they got, that are, they got guys that will be guy top ten a, in many clubs. Yep, their number twenty five can on the Yankees could be a top five on the Marlins. Is that no, saying much? No, because it's the Marlins. But if you can have a guy that's twenty five on your club and is five on another major league baseball team, you're doing something right. Or like you said, exactly, you get a guy who you may feel has high upside. He might be lower level for the Yankees, but when he comes to your club, maybe in a year he's a big trade piece. That's how teams think. And you're right. The Yankees have a very – you could go – hell, you could go to a guy like a Nick Nelson. Nick Nelson, many teams drool over. 
because he has the potential to maybe be a really good starter or a guy that could dominate out of a bullpen. The Yankees have a lot of these guys that teams want to say, shit, get him over to us. We're going to throw him in our bullpen and we're going to have a guy immediately. Look at Caleb Smith. Look at Caleb Smith. This wasn't a guy that was top anywhere on the Yankees. He was always known as a guy who could be decent, maybe a lefty relief pitcher. He's doing very well for the Marlins as a starter. And you know what? The Yankees, like Mike King, the Yankees do a very good job at making these guys and blowing them up. I didn't know a thing about Mike King until this offseason when everyone kept saying his name. Yep, correct. And you just keep saying, yeah, Mike King is going to be great. He's a stud. We got him in this deal. Really? Okay, fine. Mike King. And if we trade him, so be it. If we have to, I like Loisica, trade him. Get rid of oh, him. Oh, yeah, no doubt about When's it. When's he coming back? We don't, well, we don't, guys can't yeah. get a season together. Trade him. Yeah. Get rid of him. Some team will take him. And maybe the San Francisco Giants will take him back. Oh, yeah. Or, or the Giants, a guy like Abreu. I mean, there, there's another guy that the Yankees, you could see him helping the Yankees at some point. But is he as needed as he was a couple of years ago for the Yankees now? No. No. No, he's not. He's not. Not at all. Not at all. Pete, it's been great. I appreciate your time. Um, good luck with all the live streams coming up this week. I'm sure you'll be very busy this month. You got the music coming, uh, more music coming, I assume. Uh, I lot, do. Lot coming I more do, with yeah. Siciliano. Keep it up. You know, you're on you're on my gym playlist, and I I play you back to back with uh, Ski uh, Ski Mask, the Slump God. Okay. And I, I, we get a Mafioso Drip uh, Faucet Failure remix. That would make my gym playlist. That would be amazing. I, I actually I actually am working on a mafioso drip remix. Okay. So we we will see who's on it, but there there's I've been in contact with actually a couple of larger named artists that are already out there, but we'll we'll see we'll see how it works with that. It might be somebody a little uh a little lesser uh less named that will work out well for the remix, but um different beat, another verse from somebody else. Maybe we're gonna play around with it quite a bit, but I do have a um Hopefully by the end of the year, there will be a uh, uh, basically a Sunday dinner revamp version where there'll be a couple of new songs on it, some remixes, uh, about nine or ten tracks. Uh, and that that's going to be, uh, you know, just that's going to be really special because kind of rushed towards the end to finish a couple of songs. But this one is taking additional time. I kind of had a deadline with some investors who were helping me out. So pushed it out there faster than I wanted to personally. But I'm still thinking of the name for it, um, for the Sunday dinner kind of revamp version. But um, it'll come out probably towards the end of the year, maybe early next year. But it's going to be absolutely stupid, to be honest. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, Good luck with everything, dude. Um, Get sleep because I know the end of the month you'll be up for days at a time. Oh, yeah. I don't don't sleep as it is. The DMs will not uh, stay quiet for you. No, they don't. They they don't already, and it's going to get a lot worse. But it's going to be fun because, like I said, this whole week – Starting Monday, probably, maybe, probably Monday, um, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of chats and stuff like that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be fun and interesting. I have additional videos of, you know, outside of baseball, things like that. So it'll it'll be um, it'll be an exciting time. Wow. You know, it, it's definitely exciting stuff. And uh, we look forward to it. We look forward to talking to you uh, to you again. And hopefully uh, end of the season, we can get a Siciliano Yankee uh, championship song. Would be absolutely wonderful. I would definitely do that if they win a World Series. No doubt about it. Sounds good, people. Looking forward to it. Thank you again. All right, man. Thank you. What's up, guys? I hope you really enjoyed that interview that we uh, were able to do with Mr. Simonetti. I mean, I was 
I listened to it for the first time with this, and I was just surprised how good it was. It was really in-depth, really hit everything you wanted it to hit. You're and surprised by my interviewing skills? No, not even... It's not that I was surprised. It was just, I was listening to it like, wow, this is good. This he is brings good a really good energy. Yeah, he's he definitely very does. energetic, and he's like that with everything he does, with his his live videos and his little, you know, 780 Scouts the Market um, videos he's been putting out on YouTube. So he brings a really, really nice energy, and he's got a lot of things coming out. He's got uh, his Sunday Dinner album he's going to release with remixes. Oh, really? Which is pretty cool, so that'll be coming out probably after the season, late this year. I mean, my favorite song, Go Crazy, I'm hoping we get a remix. See, I want a Mafioso Drip remix with Ski Mask or Slump God. Can you imagine they Mafioso collab. Drip and Faucet Failure? That, that would just be a bop. No, yeah. Bop. Well, they're both on my gym playlist. So, they can be on my gym playlist again. Wow. Boom. So, uh, since we weren't able to talk with everybody in some time, about a month now, I went out and got another interview. He did do this. Um, as great as I am. So, um, I was actually, uh, I was scrolling Twitter. I found this awesome tweet. You, you were the one that found it. I didn't find you it. You discovered it. You're I the first favorite in a retweet. I discovered it for the Pitstripe Empire squad. But um, I was scrolling at one of my favorite Twitter accounts with this awesome thread about Gary Sanchez and his uh, armbands for each pitcher. How they have different emojis and just some really – one of those things that gets you through the 162-game season. One of those things that makes baseball baseball. And that was done by, um, by now, many of you probably know, Cody Glaber. Yeah, uh, which, Matt's a really good kid. He's, uh, he's young, too. And he's, yeah. he's going to college, so a lot of exciting things happening for him. And to be on MLB Network at 18 years old is amazing. Just showing your tweet, that must have been a rush. And everybody's had it. Ford did something on it, and uh, Sesame the Family Barbecue, and it was just a really fun piece that he was able to do for us yeah so that's another great interview a little shorter but still a good one uh so check it out Uh, what's up guys i'm with uh matt you might know him as uh hoodie glaber on twitter he's had a pretty eventful week to say the least (laughs) oh yeah yeah so uh let's just let's jump right into it how did you figure out that you know, uh, Gary was using these images and emojis for his his uh, pitch calling. Yeah, so basically after Friday night's game when the Yanks beat the Astros um, with, like, Gary's homer and Glaber's homer, I think 4-1, uh, after that game, the Yankees tweeted out that picture of Gary, I think, and I was just, like, sitting around, and uh, somehow his wristband caught my eye. I noticed that he had the like the the kraken on the left and then james paxton's maple leaf on the right so i tweeted that picture out i was like has anyone noticed this before uh seems like gary has a wristband for paxton and then uh people like really liked it like david cone liked the tweet it got like 1200 likes i was like wow people really like this so then in the comment section of that uh tweet uh sophia uh at Gary goes boom on Twitter. Great handle, by the way. That's a great handle. Um, she was like looking through some pictures and found some other ones, like CC, Hap, a couple others. 
and people were like, wow, this is awesome. So then um, Saturday morning, the next morning, I was like, I'm just going to keep going with what Sophia started. And uh, I just like uh, looked up Gary Sanchez on Getty Images and just went through hundreds of images to try to find all of them. And it turned out that he has one for like everyone. So, yeah. So then I I took like an hour and a half of just looking through pictures, but I compiled that thread, shoot it out to everyone. And yeah, just kind of took off from there. Wow, like that's that takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication. That's so freaking like that's so cool. Yeah, I had so much fun with it though, you know. Like I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't fun. So, of course, yeah. I can only imagine. And now, especially we're talking about getting guys like you know Luis Castillo and, and uh, Strowman, Bauer. You can only yeah. start to think whoever, what are they going to use? Whoever they get at the deadline, I can't wait to see what Gary's thing's going to be for them. I mean, it's just so fun. What a fun thing! And is it only Gary, or does like Romine do it as well? Uh, I looked. Uh, Romine does have, I don't think Romine has his own symbol. I'd have to look into it more, but I did look up Romine just cause I was curious. And like when Tanaka was pitching, he had the Japanese flag for him, but on like the left-hand side, he, it didn't seem like he had his own symbol. So, which like kind of sucks. I, I would love to know what Romine has, but yeah, it seems like it's not totally all Gary. Like it seems like it's just like the Yankees have done this, but like, you know, obviously Gary had a lot of input. It's so funny. Yeah, and no, I also it, think Didi had a lot of input too, obviously, because they. Oh used yeah, hundred percent with emojis. That's yeah, the one thing it, I'm upset about this season. The emojis haven't come back yet. Yeah, I know. It, it sucks. Uh, I heard you guys were talking about it on one of your podcasts. How like Didi said, like other yeah. people started doing it, and now he doesn't want to do it anymore. But I mean, you know, the I, devil's I, I in the golden night. Cling on to this Gary thing. A couple of people are trying to uh, recreate it. It's not the same. It doesn't have the same like coming from the dugout vibe. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I've seen on Twitter some people, like, try to do the Didi tweets, and, like, I applaud, like, what they're trying to do, because it's fun, but, like, it just doesn't feel the same, you know? Yeah, no, definitely not, I mean, and especially with the little run that we've been on recently, so it would have oh, yeah. been, been nice to see, you know, a couple of uh, parrots out there, and, yeah, because you know, there's a lot of new fun. guys on the team this year. Oh, yeah, like, I don't realize how different the lineup is. Until, like, you actually, like, you really have to, like, you're, they're comparing this run to last year's 17 wins in 21 games. Yeah, dude, it's different. Like, Gio Rochelle, Cameron Maven, uh, Edwin, so many other guys. Like, and obviously, Didi was hurt for when a lot of the fill-ins were here. But, like, I would have loved to see what he would have whipped up for those guys. But whatever. We'll we'll find out one day, maybe. Oh, uh, of course. And, like, you, you know, LeMahieu is young, too. LeMahieu could be the— Yeah, uh, LeMahieu. Yeah. With all of these uh, trade rumors, you can have— He's only here for two years, but DJ LeMahieu is, uh, he's young. He's only, I think he's I'm sorry. 30. He, yeah, he's only 30. All right, smack in the middle of his prime, yeah. He'll be 31 uh, in July, but I would sign him to a four-year extension on top of what he's at. He'll I wouldn't be... mind that move. I mean, yeah, I mean, the way they did it, they want to see how he does this year, next year. And then, you know, DJ said, like, I don't know if you saw, but I think Ken Rosenthal has said before, that DJ could have easily signed with someone else, but he wanted to be a Yankee. So I feel like the Yankees kind of have him where they want him. If if they uh, after next year, it seems like if both sides are happy, he'll just re-sign. But yeah, I mean, extending him wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. He's just great. It just it's a shame for a guy like him because he's always been doing this, but he's been doing it in Colorado. Yeah. So and that, like I right after we signed him, everyone was like product of cores and like. Uh, I don't know, like, if you saw any of this stuff, but he's actually a big exit velocity guy. So I was, at the time of the signing, I was like, I mean, I get it. Like, he's not going to win a batting title with the Yankees, but he actually, you know, some of his 
hitting is pretty legit because he just hits the ball hard, and that's what we've seen this year. He's just smacking the ball all over the place. I mean, it's it's great, you know? I mean, he reminds me of Derek Jeter, the same kind of bat. Yeah. He gets the home run when he needs it, but he's going to put the ball everywhere. His swing is so satisfying to watch, too. Like, he's just he's, – he's a tall guy. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. So when he makes contact with the ball, I mean, it just goes flying. I, I love him. He's He's been perfect. And I've I've always liked LeMahieu. Like I've always had it, and he's always been on my fantasy teams. The only thing is he was injury prone. But knock on wood, you know, we haven't seen anything yet this year. It could be that could be a product of Coors Field. A lot of guys get injured because it's not easy to yeah, play up there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's great. So what uh, would would you say he's your favorite signing or trade since last? Like at this point last year, the team that we have now, who's your favorite new guy? Favorite new guy. Um... Uh, probably, honestly, Adovino. Solid. He's just so, I mean, yeah, DJ's great, but, uh, Adovino, just, I love the way that his slider moves. I love, um, and he's walking too many guys this year, but he's been able to get out of trouble most of the time when he gets himself in trouble, but just, he's just so dominant, like, the stuff that he has, the ability that we have to put him in in the sixth inning, he's just our fireman. Whenever someone gets in a jam, if, like, CC is running out of gas, put out a Vino in, he'll be the fireman. So I just think he's just so useful in the current role. And, hey, if Dellen gets healthy, which is no guarantee, by the way, but if Dellen gets healthy, all of a sudden we can use out of Vino with even more flexibility. So I just think. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing place that the Yankees are in. We don't have an ace. We don't have a bullpen. I mean, we're missing a bullpen arm. Our bullpen yeah. ace, we're missing him. Yeah, bullpen ace. Yeah, Dellen is – in my opinion, the best reliever the Yankees have. Dude when he so gets good. it on and he gets it together, he's the best, one of the best relievers in baseball, easily. Yeah, I'm telling you, I was I was at the wild card game last year, uh, and he, when he was in, I mean, everyone was just, everyone had so much confidence he was just gonna blow the A's away. Yeah, he was just he's so good. And I know he had like 2017, he like lost it, but I mean, besides for that one year. He's, and he's he didn't have it at the beginning of last year. So much. He put it together, and I just I can't wait for him to come back. And especially, like you said, the wild card game. When you're putting out Dylan Batenzas and they're matching him with Jaris Familia. Yeah, that was funny. They won 90 games. Something's wrong. That was funny, yeah. And, like, Fernando Rodney, I think, pitched in that game, too. I was Yeah, Fernando Rodney pitched, too. And when they put Familia in, I my plan was to always go to game one in Boston. But it's a wild card game. You don't know what can happen. Yeah, and my friends are texting me when we, you know, we're up by four two. We buy the tickets. I'm like, no, we gotta wait. It's only four two, and they can go out at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. As soon as they put Familia in, I, I bought my tickets. Because <laughs> I work for the Mets, so I've seen a lot of Jerry's Familia. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, he, great guy. Love Familia. When he comes in, I know it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> but uh, I mean. I, I don't see a wild card in our future this year, thank God. Yeah, hopefully. It, hopefully I mean, not. It's not over yet, but this this team is just a little different. Like, I know some people – it's got, like, 2017-type vibes. Like, that year was just such a fun year. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the Red Sox I, – I can't – like, I know they they paid a lot of luxury tax dollars last year, but I can't believe they didn't go and get Kimbrel. I don't Again, know how like, you don't. I don't know how you get don't get Kimbrel. I don't know how you don't sign Adovino. Adovino wanted to be a Red Sox. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, the Red Sox should have had him too. And his deal is cheap. I think it's three years, twenty-seven. Yep. I mean, nine a year. Yeah. 
And anyway, uh, the Red Sox, I mean, hey, this could always come back to bite me, but they, they don't look like the same team this year. No. Nah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't think they would be the same team, but I also didn't expect them to lose, you know, losing 18 more games. They still got 90 wins, but I didn't expect that. I expected a 198-win yeah. team. They're just yeah. not – they're not putting it together. They'll probably pick it up at some point a little bit, but, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident in the division right about now. And the Rays are good too, but I'm I'm pretty confident in the division. The Yankees are just, and especially if the Yankees get a picture at the deadline. Well, I mean, it's been like the Rays are almost 15 years old. No, I'm sorry, they're like 22 years old, and we're finally beating them. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's about time. It is. Yeah. Every year they're the team that beats us. Every year, no matter how good they are, how good the Yankees are, they beat us every year. Carlos Pena still gives me nightmares. Well, yeah, wow. He was... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's good to finally be beating these teams. Uh, the, the Jays scare me still. I know we beat, beat up on them last night, but I knew yeah. Vladdy would be a uh, be a Yankee killer, and so Craig Biggio's son, too, is going to be a Yankee killer. Yeah, Vlad Jr. is going to be a problem, but, I mean, you know. Like, I buy a lot of... Like, I'm, I'm a big jersey collector, so I get a lot of jerseys, especially, like, you know, affordable jerseys. I don't know if you've used them. Yeah, yeah, I, I got a Luke Voigt tank top from them. Yeah, and the quality yeah. is awesome. I love their jerseys. Yeah. And I'm dying for a Vlad Jr. jersey, and I know I can't get it. Oh, yeah, that, well, yeah, he's, he's going to be so amazing. If the Blue Jays can surround him with some, with some nice guys, I mean, in a few years. I wish they would take the cameras out of his face. Time. Let him be a ball player. Take the cameras out of his face. He's not his father. Yeah, that that must be. That's kind of like kind of a Zion vibe, like. Yeah, but at least Zion made his own name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Because Black Jr. is just everyone talking about his dad. Yeah. Like it can't be easy, and he's he's proving you know that he can play under that. But imagine if he wasn't. Yeah, that would that would kind of suck for him. It's got to. I mean, showing up with the with the Expos jersey, but then everyone blew that out of proportion. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that he did that. And uh, if the Rays do move, I would expect him to go there. Oh, yeah, that whole, that whole Rays thing. What do you think about two stadiums? I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. It's just an idea. They were just throwing out an idea. I don't blame them for trying to think outside the box. I don't know how I, they can invest Like, are you a hockey fan? Not really. Well, okay, so this year the Islanders played in two arenas. Oh, did they really? They played in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and they played um, like 15 home games at their old home arena, Nassau Coliseum in Long Island. And they got more fans at the Coliseum. Fans wouldn't go see them in Brooklyn. They made the playoffs, but the players didn't like it. They lost one of – they lost uh, John Tavares, who's a stud. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, yeah. Because he didn't want to go back and forth. I don't blame him. Why would you want to play in two home arenas? Yeah. You need – you don't need two houses based on where it is, but the traffic, and you got to decide where you want to live. Yeah, the the Rays are never going to be a two city team, but uh, they'd have to provide housing. Maybe they'll go full to Montreal though at some point, but that's I what I would like. I, I think the lease on the Trop they said is like till twenty twenty eight or something, so they're stuck there for a while, which sucks. But yeah, that mean, place is so <laughs> like, you know, it's just. I think such MLB's a, best bet is just to buy it out. You know what, play. Minor league all-star games there for the remainder of the contract. This way you don't let it go to waste and just let it go. Yeah, and uh, I just always come back to the Clint Frazier speaker home run <laughs> thing. 
sent him down last year. That's what that speaker sent him down. Yeah, it was right after that game, right? Yep. If he hits that home yeah. run, he probably stays up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that. That just can't happen in a major league game. Like, no, and it happened again this year. That can happen. It happened again. There was like there's like rings up there. I don't know why. And something hit the ring, and the second baseman or shortstop caught it. And oh, like, yeah, I think I did see that video. Yeah. It was like beginning of the season. People were like, oh, this is one of those fun court. And it's not fun. No one cares. Fenway has the same problems. Fenway has a ladder on the Green Monster we talked about a couple weeks ago. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, the ladder, yeah. I remember seeing stuff about that. It, you know, the, when you we, we went on a tour, and uh, they just call it a fun quirk of Fenway. It's not fun. It, no one's having a good time when a ball's bouncing around while someone's already home. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, one of, my, one of my pet peeves is when Red Sox fans call Yankee Stadium a joke. Because they're... Their stadium's also a joke. I mean, I think, like, like it's fine. Like, I don't care that both stadiums are weird. Have you so, been like, to Fenway? Your fan base has a right to, like, call the other stadium out, really, you know? Unless Yeah, of course. It's, it's your home stadium. Negatives. But, yeah, like, Fenway is weird. Yankee Stadium's weird. They're both weird. Now, have, have you been to, uh, have you been to Fenway? Yeah, I've been to Fenway. Minor I saw, like, kind of, like, way, like, behind home plate, but, like, way back. But, yeah, so I had a nice view of the field. That was, like, five years ago, I think. I can't stand Fenway. I go because it's a rivalry, and I like being there in my pinstripes. I yeah. hate Fenway. Oh, do you know, I have actually a cool story about this. You know what I did? When I went to Fenway, I um, I, I wore, like, like, a big sweatshirt and, like, no Yankee stuff. And then I wore, like, a Yankee shirt under my sweatshirt. And then, like, I, like, I, uh... Like, I posed for a picture and, like, pulled up my sweatshirt with the reveal the Yankee logo underneath. It's an awesome picture. Oh, and man, like, that's but cool. like, but Red Sox fans were walking by and booing me when I did that. It, oh, that was fun. Did they that play the Yankees? The we had, like, uh, like, I think that was 2014 I went. Yeah. Oh, Jeter's last year. Right? What, last year? Was that Jeter's last year or Moe's? I think that might have been. Was that, oh, yeah, that was, uh, 14 was Jeter's. Yeah, 14 was Jeter, 13 yeah. was Moe. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, Rough season. Those were, those were a bunch of rough seasons. Thank Jeez. God we're past those days. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we got the next next 15 years of these guys, and just the way Cashman runs the minor league system, we should never, ever, ever, you know, need a massive rebuild. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Cashman. I mean, I know some people get on him for, like, we haven't had a true ace in the last, I don't know, decade, but... Um... The way, first of all, he traded for Paxton, who I know is injury prone and has been inconsistent a little bit this year, even though he has been better than I think people think. But first of all, he traded for Paxton, developed Luis Severino, who I know he's hurt too. But like, I think Luis Severino in five years is going to be saying, oh, there's the ace that Cashman hadn't had the last decade. But anyway, I, I, Cashman's great. I don't, if you don't trust him, I think you're too, getting too worried. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's been here for 20, five years almost yeah so what i don't know what we're questioning at this point obviously he's doing a job that they want him to do he's changed his approach which is hard for guys in his position to do yeah i mean that uh that 2016 deadline was wild that's uh that's actually how i like got into twitter like uh 2016 deadline i like started checking twitter for like rumors and stuff in 2017 i was kind of on there just from, like, a personal account, and then after the 2017 season, that's when I made the Hoodie Glaber account because I wanted to, like, be able to, like, 
say, like, give my takes, talk about stuff. And, yeah, now here we are, like, a year and a half later. Uh, I, Twitter's, I know, like, Twitter can be bad, but um, I, I think most of the time it's great. If you find a group of people who, like, you know, who you can talk to about stuff and share similar opinions, and, all, and you can also debate with them if you disagree, like, if you can just have, like, a nice, calm debate, I think Twitter's great. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, I was big into hockey Twitter, which is even a bigger, if you think Yankee, Yankee's Twitter is a mess, hockey Twitter <laughs> is, like, is insane. People just say horrible things about each other, and it, it was, <laughs> it was rough. Like, I, even I got in trouble saying stupid things on there. Really? <laughs> so, uh, then I finally, you know, turned my attention to baseball, because I am a, I'm a huge Yankees fan, and... Yeah. You know, the group of people that, like, I talk to occasionally, like, you know, mostly, I mean, you know, Eric and, and Evan Daniel, uh, Will Gar- uh, Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Those and uh, and uh, Seminetti. Like, those those are the guys that, like, I, I think I find myself interacting with a lot on there. And uh, they're all good. They know what they're talking about. And that's always good. Like, I like it when there's so many Yankee fans that have no idea. There really are. And that's the problem. You have the Yankee fans who are there for Aaron Judge and Aaron Judge only. And if, you know, Aaron Judge is de-aging and not in right field where they spent $200 for a ticket, they're mad instead of understand. Yeah, yeah. and the, the one thing that I find kind of annoying is, like, whenever Sanchez sets, people get mad. Like, I get, it's like, a catcher. so freaking good. But, like, people have to understand that catchers have to rest, like, once a week. The like, only It's going to happen. The only thing I didn't like about getting Encarnacion was that we lock up the DH. It does kind of clog things up in that regard, yeah. But, I mean, at the, at the same time, like, getting Encarnacion is way more important than any of that stuff. But, yeah. Oh, I mean, of course. Yeah, you know, you're going to have a guy well, that's going to hit 45 bombs. Yeah, while we're talking about Cashman, how about that move? I mean, Seattle was just giving him away. and uh, For a prospect they gave us. Yeah, like, it's. It, I think that was such a fantastic move. We traded essentially. We traded Nick Rumbelow for Encarnacion. I like when people continue, like you know, the uh, Cashman like trade train. We'll call it. Yeah, you know, trade starting, trains, Yeah. Starting with um, you know, uh, trading for you know Didi, and then it evolved to we got Chapman, and then so on and so forth. Then essentially we got Glaber Torres for like Brendan Ryan. Yeah, I love that one. Another good one is. Um, how, like, the Yankees got Aaron Judge for Nick Swisher's compensation pick from the Indians, and then if you go back, like, the Yankees traded, like, Wilson Betamite for Nick Swisher, and then you can go back farther and farther, like, and, like, they got Aaron Judge for, I don't even remember how far back that chain goes, that's another good one, but yeah, those are, those are so much fun. Yeah, I, I love when you can just, it's like, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, like, everyone's attached, mm-hmm. my yeah. favorite, I love when they do that. Because this guy's a genius. Every time you see these names, you're like, oh, my God. Like, Herman. We got Herman for uh, Chase Whitley and um, – and, That uh, was the uh, the nasty Nate trade. So Yeah, the Ivaldi. They traded uh, Martin Prado, David Phelps, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they Prado tra- was still good, but – and nasty Nate didn't really work out. But that that's why Cashman got the throw in. He's like, hey, we'll take nasty Nate. We'll take Garrett Jones. But also, you know, I'm liking – this Domingo Herman kid. How about you throw him in as a third piece? Five years later, you know he's hurt right now, but five years later he's looking like a rotation piece. Like and those are the, those are the little things that fly under the radar at the time. And now it's like, how did we get Domingo Herman? Oh, that's how we got Domingo Herman. 
he just has this talent for finding the 25th best prospect on someone's team and making them a top 10 on the Yankees, which is amazing yeah. because of what they have. And yeah. I would love to see Lewisica pan out. I would like, I don't want them to trade Clint Frazier. Yeah, a couple of guys I would. Probably we hold on to Clint, but uh, I, I think if, if you can really go get a difference maker, you do it. But like they, I, I think Ken Rosenthal said they're not going to trade him for Stroman. So yeah, like so because you know they don't, they'd only have Stroman for a year and a half. So I get that. And he's yeah, not Clint, Clint can hit. Clint can hit, and he's working on himself. Like that's the one thing that people don't understand because you don't see it happening. Doesn't mean it's not happening because there's pictures of him out there with Reggie Jackson. And Judge, yeah. even Judge has said it. And listen, yeah, he says stupid things and he hasn't talked to the media. But you don't know what's going on. You don't know the anxiety the kid might have. It's a kid from Georgia playing under the bright lights in the Bronx. It can't be easy. Yeah, uh, and like I feel like he has like the physical ability. I think to be better on defense because he's like fast and stuff. He has a pretty good arm. I think he threw out. He had like a really nice throw out at home earlier this year. I think, and it seems like. The, his defensive issues are like a lot mental. I think probably because of the concussion he had last year. I think it's still not all the way out of his head, and because like you know like, he's fast. Like I said, it's not like he's like big and slow out there. No, he's so, not. And I think I think he can improve on defense. At least become like only slightly below average instead of being super below average like he's been. We but, dealt with so. Curtis Granderson in center field. I mean, how much worse can he be? <laughs> Curtis Granderson was horrible in center. I love me some Grandy Man, but yeah. Um, oh, I love Curtis Grandison, and he's a great dude, super nice, but yeah, no. He was horrible in center field. <laughs> All right, well, um, before we wrap it up, I'm just going to ask a couple rapid-fire questions off the dome, awesome. what you think. Well, Sound wait, good? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask like uh, three or four rapid-fire oh, kind of questions it. off the dome. Awesome. Um, Players weekend this year, the Yankees are going to be in L.A. They're rumored for a black jersey. Thoughts? Black jersey. I like that. I think I'm all aboard the train for uh, a Yankees alternate jersey one day. I think you know, mix really, up. yeah, just like <sighs> maybe, just like maybe, um, like once a month or something like a Friday night game, like once a month. Not not like all the time. Yeah, I'm that, ve- that's a hot take of mine that I've said a bunch of, over the last couple of months. Yeah, I'm very traditional with it, and that kind of ends the next question. I was gonna, Nike's rumored to make teams have a third jersey, and the Yankees are kind of fighting it. Oh, what? It's been it's been long rumored, and when the Yankee when the Yankee um, jerseys dropped, you saw them a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. So the Yankees were fighting two things. They did not want the uh, Nike logo on the chest. Yeah, and it looks like they caved. Yeah, they're gonna have to have the Nike logo. Yeah. Well, but Majestic is on the sleeve. They wanted to leave it on the sleeve. Nike's not doing that. Yeah, that's why they're Nike. But the third jersey, they might have won the battle. Well, I would have to find out. I have a feeling they're going to get out from under that. Yeah. It's the Yankees. Because, you like, can't make them get a third. Because with Majestic, they didn't have to put the Majestic logo on their sleeve, and everyone else did, I think. I think that's how that works. No, so, I thought the Yankees have it on their sleeve. They don't? No, they don't. Oh, the wow. Majestic. I... Yeah, they, they – um, I forget. I read this a couple years ago that – they're the only team that doesn't have the Majestic logo, I think. See, and that's just the Yankee. That's how they are. They yeah. get their way. But they, you know, but they are gonna, they are gonna have the swoosh, though. It seems like. Yeah, that that's. It looks like they caved on that. 
But you know that the Yankees are the reason why they don't wear pink and blue jerseys anymore for Mothers and Fathers Day, right? Really? That's why? Yeah. Wow. The Yankees, because they did it the one year with Players Weekend, and the Yankees didn't want to wear the Player Weekend jerseys. They fought it. Really? They, they said, bought that? I love the Players Weekend jerseys uh, the last couple so, years. Well, I think they're fun. I have two Clint Frazier ones because he had two different nicknames. And I like the idea, and it's fun. But the Yankees fought two things. We don't wear thirds, and we don't wear names. You can't make us do both. They did, obviously. Yeah. But, I uh, like it because it's only one weekend. The ru- you know yeah, I mean? Exactly. It's one weekend, and it's fun. And the rumor is they bargained that they don't want to change the color of their logos anymore. Wow, do, okay. They I did it for that. the Stars and Stripes, but they said we're not doing it for every occasion that you feel like it. We'll put the hats on, but we're not changing our jerseys. Got it. Wow, I, oh, that's interesting. I'm I'm a big like jersey nerd too. I'm into that stuff a little bit. Yeah, so that's interesting. All right, when you go to Yankee Stadium, where are you sitting? Um, probably first base side. Um, you know. Um, how about like five rows back? Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that, that's like a nice spot. See, I'm two or three all the way. Got to be the Bleacher Creatures. Oh yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be in the bleachers a lot the next few years. But, oh, yeah. Uh, well, because you're coming, you're coming to New York, right? Yes. Now, you're yeah. you're going to be a communications uh, major? Business. Business. All right, nice. Yeah, yeah, Fordham, yeah. So, I'm going to be in the Bronx. So, yeah, I'll probably like a lot of like chief bleacher seats. Yeah, I've, I've actually never been in the bleachers in my life before. All right, so then we got yeah, to. So uh, that, that's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. We got to get that together because that's where, like, typically that's where I want to sit. Last couple years yeah. now, that's like, I used to sit around the ballpark, and 203 is like the, it's close to the game, and it's the fans. It makes the experience. So you let me know, and we'll, we'll go to a game because that's I'm down awesome. for it. As long as the Mets aren't home and I don't have to work, I'm down. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All I, right. I, I can't wait for that experience. Yeah. No, you let me know, and I'm 100% down with, like, doing that. I want to go awesome. to games with more people. So. Said we'll make we'll make a plan of it. Awesome. All right, last question. One you have to get you can get one piece of the deadline for sure. Who are you getting? Uh, like guaranteed to get this guy. Guaranteed. I, it's got to be Max Scherzer. Okay. It's not right, gonna actually fair. happen, but if you could give me like one wish, it's got to be him. See, I wish, and that would be so awesome. But what people don't understand is their owner, uh, the Lerner family. I think his name's Ted Lerner. Is the father? Yeah. He's ninety three years old. When they were talking yeah. about trading Harper at the deadline, which they should have last year, they should have done that. Yeah. Um. He said no. He wants. He wants to just contend until he dies. Yeah, makes sense. And you know the thing that really sucks about that, if we want to get into like hypotheticals, he was going to go to the Astros. If the Astros have Harper, do they beat the Red Sox? Probably. I don't know. Maybe. Right. I Maybe. I would think so. I mean, who knows? I. Uh... I just anyone but the Red Sox and Mets. Like I'm at that point. Yeah. Anyone but them. Oh yeah. Uh, before we wrap up here, I just want to like thank a couple people that really got um my thread like that really made it blow up. Oh yeah, of course. You don't mind? Yeah. So, um, I know that like um let's see, I know like John Boy he quote tweeted it um like Lindsay Adler who by the way is so fantastic at her job. She quote tweeted it. Coley Harvey, Brian Hoke straight up retweeted it. That was sick. Um, who else? Um, oh, and then Cespedes Family Barbecue. You know that account, right? Of course, of course, I know yeah. they're really funny. 
quality. They, uh, they quote tweeted it. That was sick. And then they DM'd me. We had a nice little conversation. They they just said like, uh, like they were like dying laughing at it, which was awesome. And then I know yesterday it was on Quick Pitch and Intentional Talk on MLB Network. That was awesome. Wow. So, and then of course I also just want to thank Sophia one more time, who uh, who pretty much gave me the idea to do the thread. Um, yeah, she was awesome. Uh, and like she was like. We're blowing up. I was like, yeah, this is nuts. So anyway, all those people, everyone who interacted with the thread and stuff and enjoyed it, uh, thank you. And also, just one takeaway. If you take away one thing from the thread, just know that Gary Sanchez is the best catcher in baseball and the most fun catcher in baseball, too. That's the one takeaway I hope people have from that thread. Not fat and lazy. No. I love I love those sarcastic jokes. Anyway, yeah, so that, that's all I have to say about that. But yeah. All right, I'll- Matt. Thanks for your time, guys. You can follow him at Hoodie Glaber on Twitter. A lot of quality content. If you like Yankee memes and, you know, fun little things like, you know, Gary Sanchez's, uh, you know, uh, I guess wristband emojis. Yeah, I don't don't even know what to call it. It's like, I guess, pitch calls? Yeah, I've been calling them wristband emojis, but yeah. So, yeah, if you want to check out more content like that, guys, give him a follow at Hoodie Glaber on Twitter. Thanks again, Matt, for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. See ya. Six nine. All right, guys. I really hope you enjoyed those two interviews. Uh, the Yankees are uh, looking to finish a series with the Rays. Hopefully. Hopefully to get in today. Hopefully to get in today. That would be nice. Double but, better. And the, the three o'clock game is already being postponed. No, probably not so nice. You're right, Siri. You know what? That is not so nice. Um. So yes, Matt has fat wrists and an Apple Watch. They don't go. They don't go well together. Yeah, it's it's a learning process right now. Uh, anyway, I really hope you guys enjoyed those two interviews. We will be back next week with another interview with another recurring, recurring guest. Um, Boom! Just a little, just a little something out there that if you guys don't know, uh, just a little teaser. I mean, this recurring guest is, I would say, the most beloved Yankee Twitter there is. Oh, easy, easily. Easy. Quick with the gifts. Oh, that's the best part about him. Quick with the gifts. That's my favorite thing when uh, I I get those, like, gifts yeah. in the moment of, like, CC packing a fat lip. And, yeah, unfortunately, teasing moving even further away from us, which that, that's a bad thing. Still haven't been able to meet up with him. No, and uh, I would. he's definitely a guy I would like to get together with because we, I, we get along so much. Yankee fans, wrestling fans. Just, uh, yeah, I don't want to give it away. I mean, you just say that he's taught us a lot. That's good. That's good. He's a teacher. Boom. Got you. All right. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, while we are wrapping up, we're starting something new that I think I want to put out there. Um, many people have asked if we can, if we would do anything other than baseball. And this season, we are going to be rolling out after the Yankee season is over, a Rangers blog and pod, uh, maybe a podcast. Well, I think what the plan was to start on, like we did with like Twitter with the Empire. Empire. We're on Twitter already. We're going to start with Twitter. We already have it. And after we get a little bit of following there, open up the blog. And then the podcast. After that following podcast. Which, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm just as passionate about the Rangers as I am the Yankees. Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely a lot of passionate hockey fans out there. So give us a follow at Blue Shirt Empire, B-L-U. We don't spell anything right. Nothing gets spelled right because all the handles are taken. (laughs) All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed uh, 
Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. These vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep.